hemlock knots. Cracking the restoration's toughest subjects through rational, balanced analysis of source material. Okay. Well, um, you kind of transitioned into it, but let's talk a little bit about um, polygamy in the scriptures. You were saying that there's not evidence that anyone was commanded to live polygamy in the scriptures. And so can you expound on that a little bit? Um, I mean, there's a famous Jacob too, which is always a, a hot mess where, where people interpret it as saying, you know, monogamy is the law unless God commands otherwise and, and wants to raise up seed unto him, then he'll command polygamy. But you look at the text and you study it in context. And that's not even close to what it means. Raising up seed unto the Lord is given in, First um, Nephi chapter seven and a bunch of places where he's actually describing what, what that actually means, raising up seed to the Lord. The means by which he did that was commanding Lehi and his sons to go back to Ishmael's family and each get one wife. That was how the Lord described that he was going to raise up seed in the new land unto him is they had to be obedient to the law of monogamy. And so it's, it's completely backwards. You know, God never once commanded polygamy. Now, if God needed to raise up seed, right, Ryan, I'm going to ask you, what are some scenarios in, in history of the scriptures where he would have needed to raise up seed pretty dang quick? How about Adam and Eve? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam and Eve. Two, pe- two people on the whole earth. Uh, did God command polygamy? No, he didn't. Adam and Eve's children. You know, they live monogamy, except for, you know, Lamech, Lamech, whatever. A couple of generations later, he's the first one that got involved. What about Noah? Nope. Noah had three sons. Each of them had one wife. Noah had one wife. Getting out of the ark, there's a big need to multiply and replenish the earth. Am I right? Right. God didn't introduce polygamy then either. How about Lehi going into the wilderness? Nope. You know what? Go back to Ishmael, grab four wives apiece. This will help us raise up seed faster. Did that ever happen? No. One wife each. So the Jacob 2 verse 30 principle is just like, okay, suppose it was what the scripture actually meant, which it's not. And that's been proven time and time again by by analysis. Um, Suppose God would do that. When did he? Are you telling me that when 4,000 saints went west to Salt Lake Valley, that's when he needed to pull out polygamy? Yeah. I just had an idea. He already had like 60,000 people within a couple of years in those valleys. How does that trump Noah and Adam and Eve and Lehi and all these other expeditions, brother of Jared, right? Mm. What was he waiting for? (laughs) You know? And so these are logical things that we can wrestle with. And, um, you know, they're right there in the scriptures. Yeah. I will say though, I've heard people um, make the claim that the Jaredites were polygamists based on like the old, the old man marrying a young woman in his old age or something like that. Um, I don't know if you've heard that argument before. Marry them in their old age. I don't think I have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally don't agree with that, but I've heard people say that. And I know there is one, there is one Jaredite King who's mentioned to have many wives. Um, Replicish. Yeah, but he's not a very good good he's, dude. He's a scumbag. Yeah. yeah. So he's another King Noah. So what if we were to have the Super Bowl of Righteousness, where you have Team A and Team B, 
and I'm going to tell you the starting lineups of each team. And you tell me which one seems to be more righteous with the Lord. Okay. Right. And you just have to guess based on what you know. Ready? Ready. Team A, Lamech, Nahor, Abraham, Jacob, Esau, Eliphaz, Gideon, Elkanah, Saul, David, Solomon, Rehoboam, Ahab, Jehoachin, Caleb, Asher, Manasseh, Shaharam, Abijah, Jehoram, Joash, Zedekiah, Belshazzar, King Noah, King Noah's 12 wicked priests, and Riplakish. That's one team. Okay. Those are the polygamists mentioned in scripture. Okay. Okay. Now, um, on the other team, you have the monogamists. You have Adam, Adam and Eve's children, Cain, Noah, Japheth, Shem, Ham, all of the saved animals on the ark, Terah, Abraham, Lot, Isaac, Moses, Lehi, Terah, Laman, Lemuel, Nephi, Sam, Jacob, Zoram, King Benjamin's people, King Lamoni, the 2,500 Nephites at Bountiful, and Emma Smith. Which one would you think would win the contest as being the best team, you know, in the Lord's eyes, right? Yeah, um, I'll confess I didn't know a lot of the names in the first team. Well, the first team, most of those, about half of that list of all the unpronounceable ones that I stuttered through, those were the kings in Israel. Oh, really? That, that followed after Saul, David, and Solomon. So, yeah, most of those come from a span of about four to 600 years of just following after David. Now, remember, the people in the Book of Mormon started to imitate David and Solomon. Right. Yeah. And that did not go very well, right? Yeah. And That's so Jacob idea, too, right? Yeah, they? Jacob too. They called it an abomination. And, and the Lord is saying, or Jacob's saying, the Lord would not suffer you to do as they did in Jerusalem. He's taking you out. He's giving you one wife apiece. We're going to live this law finally in the promised land so that he can finally raise up seed unto him, which means they become his sons and daughters through righteousness. It's not just having babies, right? Right. Yeah. So that, those are some interesting things. So if you break it down into, okay, let's get a list of all of the monogamists in scripture and all of the polygamists, and let's just compare them, right? There's a different caliber of people that the Lord commands monogamy to, for the most part. You know, Cain's on the list, but you know, even he had one wife, right? But when you look at all the other ones, um, you know, half the people on the list were condemned for this, you know? And so I try to take a, an objective approach and just look at all of the stuff in scripture. And I went through for probably six or eight months, let's put all of the the polygamous stories and the monogamous stories all on one page and let's compare them side by side so people can start to see visually um, to help them in their studies. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that at least something on your webpage um, listing those people and um, it makes sense to me, but I wonder why. So if, if polygamy is not ordained of God, then why does Abraham end up on the polygamous list? Can you explain that a little bit? Well, Abraham's on both of the lists with oh, a okay. question mark next to him. And okay. that's because there's different theories about whether or not Abraham was actually a polygamist, right? So there's a story of Hagar in Genesis, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, suppose Abraham was a polygamist and he married Ab or Hagar as well as Sariah had kids with each of them, 
right? So how do we explain that a prophet of God and a holy man then goes out and creates a widow and an orphaned child that almost starved to death in the desert by kicking them out of his land? The law of the gospel states that you're supposed to take care of the poor and to visit the fatherless and the widow in their affliction and take care of them. How is Abraham kicking some lady out to starve to death with her little boy and then considered a righteous man? So if he was actually a polygamist, then him kicking Hagar out, according to the story, makes him kind of a jerk and one of the worst husbands in the world, right? The dude deserved to be single after that. So, so we have to look at the full story and just ask ourselves these things, you know, um, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, Section 101, the Book of Mormon, Jacob Chapter 4, uh, the Book of Hebrews, I believe it's Chapter 11 or Chapter 1, one of those two. And then also in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis itself, it says that Abraham only had one child, had only son, and he was commanded to offer up his only son. So tell me, which one was it? Was it just Isaac? Because that was the one he offered up. So if uh, Hagar's kid, Ishmael, was one of Abraham's sons, why, why, how do we explain the four other scriptures that say that he only had one son, Right. Yeah. So perhaps the book of Genesis is not entirely accurate. Perhaps later on it has been added to. And I find it very interesting that in Jacob chapter two, right? When Jacob is rebuking these people for imitating who they saw as the originators of polygamy, that it's David and Solomon. Not they're not Abraham. saying, they're not saying, why are you guys doing what Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are doing? No, he's talking about David and Solomon. Why? Because these guys had the brass plates, remember, which was a correct version of the Old Testament. Yeah. God, God had them go back and get the brass plates so they could have an accurate history to pass down to their people, right? I would have, I would have, if I was trying to get away with polygamy and I needed a justification, I would have used Abraham or Isaac, not David and Solomon, right? I mean, mm -hmm. but for some whatever reason, that wasn't who they were trying to imitate. So. I believe personally that the story in Genesis could have been tampered with. Can I prove it? No, but I'm studying the, the, the history of the old Testament, where those scrolls came from. Uh, lots of different authors contributed to the five books of Moses yeah. um, is what it looks like, at least as far as, you know, writing styles and comparisons, but, you know, so there's all of that stuff as well. And so, um, you know, I, I just like to dive deep, answer the hard questions, try to figure it out by analysis as well as faith. And, um, You'll, you'll find some very interesting things if you stop and actually read it. Yeah, I I want to kind of go back to something you were just saying because I'd never thought of this before. Um, so I heard, I don't know where I heard this recently, but something about like, like you said, the brass plates were more accurate. Um, but the the people in Lehi's day were like Deuteronomists or something and they were like had their own version of the Torah or the scriptures. And so I wonder, like you were saying, were these Deuteronomists trying to justify polygamy and they wrote it into Genesis? So maybe Abraham really wasn't a polygamist. Um, maybe Jacob wasn't a polygamist. Is that a possibility? Um, yeah, I don't know the history well enough to, to say definitively, but I've heard that theory before mm -hmm. that the Deuteronomists got a hold of the law and they corrupted it. And so you have to remember that the Pharisees and a lot of these religious leaders, when Jesus came around in his time in the New Testament, they were claiming the seed of Abraham, right? And yeah. Jesus is like, I don't, I don't care. I'll raise up seed of Abraham from these rocks or whatever. 
So everybody was bragging about being the seed of Abraham because it gave them political power. It gave them monetary power. There were blessings attached to that, certain lands attached to it, right? It was, it was the cool thing to do, to be one of the seed of Abraham, right? Okay. And so we have to remember that, you know, a lot of the kings that were in Jerusalem at the time were not the seed of Abraham. Many of them, including Herod, were Edomites who didn't even, they would come from Esau, not Jacob, right? So there was a major power struggle and they had lineages that were kings in Jerusalem that were, had nothing to do with Abraham's lineage. And so you better believe there were probably people trying to claim to be Abraham's seed and it might have had a need for them to go back and to rewrite history and change it a little bit. Oh, Abraham actually had two sons. This one was born first, so he gets the land. Even today, you look at the, the land surrounding greater Jerusalem, they're still warring over it. And it's, yeah. it's known largely as the, the seed of Abraham versus the seed of, I mean, the seed of Isaac versus the seed of Ishmael, right? right. And they're, war, they're warring it out. They're fighting over it. Who gets the land? I mean, it's a giant mess. And so you better believe people were trying to justify their claims throughout history to bolster that up, you know? Yeah, for sure. That is so interesting of, wow. Never considered that before. Very cool. It's some, something we're thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, well, yeah, I think we've kind of well, covered before we go on though. Yeah. Remember how many women, if you don't think this ever happens where people claim that they had a baby from somebody else who was a prophet of God, mm-hmm. How about the eight or nine people who claim to have children through Joseph Smith that was later proven false through DNA testing? Yeah. They went back and tried to rewrite history and put themselves in as one of his wives that bore children from Joseph. Why? Because there were spiritual blessings and prestige attached to it. Right. So if we, if we don't think this stuff ever happens, look at our own church history in the last 200 years. And we've got an example of, I think, at least eight women who did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They tried to lie their way, or maybe they were deceived. If someone doesn't know who, who the father is, that says something about their character usually anyway. I can't remember who, <laughs> who conceived me that night. Well, how many partners did you have? So if you can't keep it straight, who, who actually impregnated you? A, it says something about who you are probably in regards to the law of chastity or whatever. But, but also, it just goes to show that women had a very high incentive to tell people that they were carrying the child of Joseph. Yeah. Because they, they had some popularity attached to it, right? Yeah. Prestigious club. For sure. Too bad they were all lying, right? So. Yeah. And it's cool that they've been able to test those. Um, but there are some that they can't test is what I've heard because. There's some they can't test. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, what you've been saying about maybe the the Utah, the Utah polygamists trying to rewrite some of the history of Joseph Smith potentially if that's true kind of potentially parallels the what we were just talking about in the old testament too and it's just kind of it's interesting to find those parallels yeah Yeah, those old those old testament scrolls were handed down in the king's courts largely they were kept by royalty and Mm -hmm. important people politically um yeah (laughs) they weren't not everybody had a copy of the bible right back in those those thousands of years ago but they were kept in synagogues they were kept in I mean, Lehi had to go get the brass plates out of the, the treasury. But they keep the money. It wasn't even like the library. It was like the treasury. Like, you know, so, I mean, they didn't have a lot of copies out there back then. 
you know, the copies were rare and they could, they could easily rewrite a new scroll and change a few things and make copies of that one and just messy. Yeah. Can I prove that any of this happened? No, but we have to look at these stories and figure out, okay, if they're contradictory and they're lying, they say different things at different times. Like, what do we do with that, right? Mm-hmm. Which verse do we believe in Genesis? That a- Abraham only had one son or that he also bear, you know, that he yeah. also imp- impregnated Hagar and had a second son. That's true. Like you, which, which one you can't you have choose both. one, I guess. Right. Yeah. And one is substantiated five times in the scriptures. The other one is only mentioned once. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Abraham only having five kids. I mean, only having one kid that's, that's mentioned five times in the scriptures. Yeah. In the mouth of five witnesses. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we just have to look at the totality of, of what's out there and just start being detectives as far as helping us figure out some of these yeah. tough to tough to answer questions. Yeah. So do you know, um, have you looked into the Joseph Smith translation to see if he um, kind of lessened the polygamy narrative in Genesis at all? Or what have you seen no. anything there? In Genesis, he hasn't. No, admittedly, the JS Joseph Smith translation is not complete. It's not finished. Right. And so let me go try to find. So there were three scriptures that were changed about David and Solomon, mm-hmm. where they look like good dudes, you know, and then Joseph Smith through the JST, you know, is said to have changed those verses where it actually makes them not good, not right with the Lord for what they did, which is the opposite, right? So if anything, the Joseph Smith translation, which should have brought polygamy back from the dawn of time, you would think if it's really what the the Utah Brighamite saints were teaching, that this is all goes back to Adam, you know, Jesus was a polygamist, you know, a bunch of people were teaching these things. So why didn't he bring any of that stuff back? I don't know. In fact, he actually went the opposite direction and took polygamists in the scriptures like David and Solomon. And instead of them being called righteous for their lifestyle, he changed it to make them wicked. Yeah. For their life. So, I mean, Joseph was adamantly against polygamy. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Going back to those sources, you know, the firsthand contemporary accounts, we've got seven or eight of them, maybe even more where, Oh, that's just from Joseph. You got Hiram saying another dozen contemporary firsthand accounts where they're condemning polygamy. They're out excommunicating people in the church in the 1843, 1844, who are out practicing and teaching polygamy. They're putting their money where their mouth is, right? They are excommunicating people who are out participating in this stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's, if you want the quality of the sources to Trump, you have to look at all of the statements and realize that, the contemporary stuff we have from Joseph and Hiram is always against polygamy. Always. Yeah. Interesting. Do you know if they excommunicated anyone practicing plural marriage before the, the July 1843 revelation was supposed to have been received? Cause it seems weird that they would excommunicate someone for it and then get a revelation to actually practice that thing. Um, what do you know about that? Yeah, so in February 1844, so this is um, this is like eight months after the revelation was given, DNC 132, ready? Uh-huh. Hiram Brown is excommunicated on February 1st, 1844. Hiram Brown is excommunicated for, quote, preaching polygamy and other false and corrupt doctrines. He is cut off from the church for his iniquity. And that was published in the Times and Seasons and signed by Joseph and Hiram Smith. So everybody knew about it. <laughs> everybody knew about it. 
you know? And so were they lying? Some people say, well, Joseph and Hiram are just lying. Well, okay, great. Uh, You know, the founder of our church is a chronic liar and an adulterer. Cool. Um, So we just have to look at that and just say, look, the saints knew what the law was from God. They had it in their scriptures. They had it published in the times and seasons constantly. You know, Brigham Young, ironically, if you were to ask who claimed to have first received the doctrine of polygamy, you know, the answer is Brigham Young. Oh, really? Brigham Young claimed it. He said, while we were in England in 1839 and 1840, I think the Lord manifested to me by vision and his spirit things concerning polygamy that I did not then understand. I never opened my mouth to anyone concerning them until I returned to Nauvoo. Joseph had never mentioned this. There had never been a thought of it in the church that I ever knew anything about at the time, but I had this for myself and I kept it to myself. And when I returned home and Joseph revealed those things to me, then I understood the reflections that were upon my mind while I was in England. But this communication with Joseph on the subject was not until after I had told him what I understood. This was in 1841. The revelation was given in 1843, but the doctrine was revealed before this. So that's Brigham Young bragging that he was the first one to receive the revelation in 1874, having never heard anything from Joseph Smith about it. Um, Lorenzo Snow also says that when he was a missionary in England, he received a revelation stating that polygamy was from God, essentially, and not in those exact words, but he claimed it as well. So of all the people who claim it, Lorenzo Snow, Brigham Young are on record of saying, it started with me. I was the first one to receive this revelation. That's so interesting. Yeah. So it was like three or four years before. Let them claim it. Let them own it. They themselves said they were the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. So about two years before, you know, two or three years before the revelation came. So see what I'm saying? And a lot of those guys came back from England with, with some mistresses, right? Some were pregnant and uh, plural wives. I mean, it started in England. They were, they were participating in that over there. But when it got back to Nauvoo, that's when it really blew up. There were a lot of Cochranite converts and, and people were starting to learn the secret priesthood and the secret doctrine of polygamy and exaltation that was being taught in, in private places, you know, most often in Brigham Young's home, you know, in private. So it just caught fire and it became a thing. And, and obviously people didn't want to be in trouble for it. So what do you do? You try to justify it. You try to make it legal, right? Yeah. So, and I guess Joseph and Hiram were the ones to, to pin the tail on the donkey. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. Well, I think it's worth thinking about at least, right? So, yeah, for sure. And I, I don't know what, I don't know the truth about, you know, if Joseph was or wasn't, I can tell you this though. I, I didn't think that Joseph was a polygamist all growing up until like I went on my mission. Like I had no idea. I thought it was, I thought it was just Brigham Young um, and on. And so you know, me personally, if, if Joseph Smith turns out not to be a polygamist, I, I'm not going to be sh- that shaken up because I originally didn't think he was, you know? And, it, and I honestly don't care if he was or wasn't. It, it yeah. makes no difference to me. I seriously don't care. I lean towards the idea that he probably wasn't because the lack of firsthand contemporary evidence. Yeah. However, um, you know, if something came out or I was convinced that he was one, it doesn't change the fact that, you know, scripturally, None of that changes. 
it's still not supported in the scripture outside of DNC 132. Yeah. You can't change that, you know? Right. So whether or not Joseph did it, if Joseph was a polygamist, shame on him. He effed up big time. And he was a fallen prophet or he needed to repent or something. You know, you, you attach what the meaning is. Um, so I don't worship Joseph Smith. He was just a dude. He did some great things, I think. I think he tried really hard to establish, you know, some better understanding about the gospel, but he wasn't perfect. He was reamed up and down in the DNC and rebuked constantly by the Lord. He had his fair share of weaknesses. Um, do I have proof that polygamy and pedophilia was, was one of them? No, not, nothing that I would, I believe in innocent until proven guilty. And just not enough evidence to really convince me that that's the way he was. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, cool. Thanks, Mark. I think we've covered everything. Um, is there any last, last words you'd like to say before we end? No, I mean, the gist of it, and this is the way my brain works, and, and, and people are starting to adopt this method of study where you just get everything out on the table and sort through it. Don't worry about what general authorities say about it. Don't worry about what your bishop says about it. Don't worry about what your neighbor says about it or your parents told you about it growing up. Get in there and learn the stuff for yourself and let God teach you. If that's who you want to come close to, you want to learn his ways, let God teach you. Let the scriptures speak for themselves, right? And get rid of all of the onion layers of interpretation and endless commentary and play-by-play. You don't need those voices in your head. Don't even believe what I said to you today. My opinion is garbage. So is yours, Ryan. Nothing personal. Thank you. But they're they're just opinions. And if you want the truth, get rid of the opinions and just Mm -hmm. go after the source material yourself. And that's really what Hemlock Knots is about. And and that's, that's my ministry. I'm trying to help people to understand that you can learn a lot by getting rid of the talking heads in your ear and, and just studying yourself. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think that's a great, a great way to go about learning new things. So thank you so much. Um, can you just quickly tell everyone listening where they can find your website and your YouTube channel and all that? Sure. We've got a Facebook page, a Facebook group where all these conversations are happening every day. Um, just look for Hemlock Knots and look up for Hemlock Knots on YouTube as well. And then hemlockknots.com. Um, we do videos maybe once a month, a month or so, maybe more often about church history. We show documents, we get into the weeds, we get into the nitty gritty and talk about some of the things that are less, less understood and less discussed. I mean, that's our jam, you know, um, we don't like to cover the obvious on that show. And we do a lot of interviews with other people who, who have interesting takes on things, right? Kind of like you. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening. If you like this show, share it with your people. Join the conversation on Facebook, YouTube, or HemlockKnots.com, where you'll find show notes and source material for these subjects and much more.